Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I am your humble host, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a West Side point of view right here from the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio. All right, I'm going to do a rundown of what topics I'll be talking about on today's show. Opening day is today. Well, it's supposed to be anyway. It's supposed to be this is a citywide holiday for Cincinnati, but it's not happening today. We'll discuss that. And then we got Red's opening day highlights or highlights. Favorite memories of you, like opening day parade, games, whatever. And what is your favorite all-time Reds team? So yeah, a lot of Reds subjects today. They're talking about moving to the NFL draft and the Bengals sign another free agent. Okay. As I said, today was supposed to be opening day, which is, like I said, it's a national, not national, it's a citywide holiday, basically, here in Cincinnati. Kids get out of school, everybody goes down to parade, most people go to the game, but again, with the corona pandemic, it's not happening, but we still can celebrate what's supposed to be opening day by wearing your Reds gear today and taking a picture of it and posting on uh, social media with the hashtag Reds country. See, I got mine. There you go. All right, now what's your favorite memory about Red's opening day? Is it the parade? Is it going to the game? Is it the parties afterwards? You know, what is it? Well, mine, back in the, uh, when I was in uh, elementary school and middle school, back in the 80s and early 90s, and well, high school in the 90s, early 90s. Anyway, um, my father uh, decided to take me to opening day and we got uh, opening day tickets we went down to the parade really cool because i got out of school he took me out of school went down watched the parade we did this for five straight years and i always remember see because we wanted to watch the parade so we go down by finley market and try to find a parking spot down there it was so hard to try to find a parking spot he seemed like i would get so irritated i'm so excited you know i'm a little kid i'm like it's opening day it's, it's parade i want to get there we can't find a daggone parking spot so i remember that i remember this one time we we're back we found a parking spot I'm like all right cool so my dad pulls up he's gonna back in and some jack wagon pulls right in right behind us it takes the parking spot i'm like what ah <sighs> luckily my dad is not much for confrontation and he just pulled off we found another parking spot but now for some reason i remember that because i was so irritated because i wanted to get to the parade and we couldn't find a daggone parking spot so that's kind of a frustrating memory but i remember going there it was cold most time it was cold sometimes it was warm most time it was a pretty cool day and watching the parade watching all ex reds players find out who the uh the um the parade um patron was it was fun time it was a great memory and then you got to go to the game. And one game I will never forget. It might have been 85, 86. And every time we got Reds tickets, I don't know how people got the tickets lower. I mean, maybe because we're cheap and want to buy cheaper tickets. We actually sat. If you guys remember back in Old Riverfront Stadium, you know, it was a, a bowl because the Bengals played there too. But they had the big Jumbotron up in center field. My dad got tickets behind that. Now, the way the seats are angled, we could see the game, but it was so freaking cold. It snowed. I mean, you had the openings in the very, very top of the stadium because you had the awning that went over, then you had the openings, and the wind was whipping through there, and me and my dad are sitting there shivering and freezing. I don't remember if the Reds won or not, but I remember we didn't leave because back then, actually to this day, I don't leave games early, pretty much no matter what. Maybe every once in a while I'll leave a game early, but... If I could sit through that one, I could sit through any of them. Now, the other one I remember is probably 
the last one I went to. Now, this one was with my family. It was my my wife, my son. I think my daughter was alive then. I'm not sure. My brother and his family, my sister, his family, my parents, we all went. I I went out and camped out for uh, the Reds' opening day tickets and got them, got them for us. And that was the year uh, that George W. Bush was going to come and throw out the first pitch. Well, you know, security was tight. So we had to stand in line. And again, it was freezing cold. <laughs> and my family's complaining how cold it is, how long it's taking to get in. And I'm like, well, it is the president and it is opening day and it's cold. This is, I mean, like I said, I sat through a snowstorm, you know, 1985 or 86, whenever it was. So I kind of knew what to expect. But I remember going there most of the time. The Reds won on opening day when I went there, especially the five years we went. We went. From 1985, me and my dad, from 1985, I think, to 1990. Which, 1990 actually wasn't opening day because they had the lockout that year. So, they call it the home home opener or home, home opening or something like that. Anyway, I, we got tickets to that and got to go to that. So, our streak continued. Our streak ended after they won the World Series in 1990. And everybody wanted to go, which I thought everybody wanted to go anyway. And we couldn't get tickets. So, that ended our streak. We started it up again. We did it... Uh, 91 to, I see, like 96, I think. Actually, no, 96, I didn't go. I, I had moved to Florida by then, but my father had went. And that's when the umpire, I cannot remember his name, but he actually ended up uh, dying on the field and had a heart attack. Anyway, most of these memories are, don't sound like they're very good, but <laughs> that that was like my memory. That was one that I knew my father was at. But it was just the memory of going there with my father and a tradition that me and him shared and got to do was great. I mean, I got to get out of school watch the parade, eat popcorn, hot dogs, drink pop, you know, it was cool. And watch the Reds win most of the time. So those are fun, fun, fun times. And hopefully by May, we'll be enjoying baseball again. Hopefully. Okay, now the other one I have today, since there's going to be a lot of Reds, Reds uh, topics today. Well, I'm trying to, because like I said, it's supposed to be opening day. Now, if you remember... Back in the day, the Reds used to have the very first game. Like nobody would start until after the Reds threw their first pitch. I don't know what year that stopped, but if anybody out there knows, uh, message me down below and let me know because I'm kind of curious when that stopped and why it stopped. Because th- they did that because the Reds, if you're a Reds fan, you know this, are the first Major League Baseball team ever. Which I honestly think they might have been the first professional baseball uh, professional team ever. I don't know if hockey or football or anything else started before that, you know, started paying players to play. So I'm kind of curious about that. Anyway, getting on to my next topic. <clears throat> of all the great Reds teams that they've had over the years, what's your favorite? Mine, now I know a lot of people are going to say the Big Red Machine. <clears throat> Mine was a 1990 World Series champion Reds. I love that team. I was 15 years old. We went to, I don't know, me and my dad would go buy top 60. We had this perfect plan. Now, the Bengals... Um, practice uh, field is where we used to park, but we used to park underneath that bridge right there. Is the train bridge. We parked there for free, and we'd walk from there through where the Bengals Stadium is now. It was all the flats. They had different business and stuff. We'd walk through there, and we'd go buy top six tickets. We'd have a bag of peanuts with us. We'd have a two liter of pop, and it cost us three fifty a ticket. So, you know, six seven bucks, and we'd go to a Reds game. It was awesome. So that year. We went to like 20-something games. I love that team. My favorite player of all time is Chris Sabo, who was on that team. They had the Nasty Boys. Hall of Famer Barry Larkin was on there. 
And Eric Davis had two of the most epic plays in Reds history. No, Eric Davis did not have a great year that year. But if he's not on that team, we don't win the World Series. I'll tell you why. Game one, first inning. Boom, home run off Dave Stewart. Set the tone for the entire World Series. It was over from then. Because back then, it was the big, bad Oakland A's. They were going to their third straight World Series. I know it's weird to hear that now because Oakland isn't a juggernaut like they were back then. But back then, they were. Like I said, this is their third straight World Series. Only won one of them. And we were a huge underdog. Eric Davis jacked that home run to center field. I was going nuts. And then the other great play he made in the last game to sweep it, he made a diving catch in the left field where he uh, jammed his elbow into his ribs and had a lacerated kidney and had to leave the game. But those are two iconic plays that I will always remember Eric Davis for. I mean, so 1990 has been it's a very special team for me. Another thing about that team, you can't talk about that team without talking about the 1990 Nasty Boys. Now, the Nasty Boys were 20 years ahead of their time because the way Lou Pinella used that bullpen is the way everybody does their bullpen now. You got to the sixth, seventh inning, it was over. We went to the Nasty Boys and the rest of the guys in the bullpen, and it was over. Like I said, that was in 1990. They're doing that now every day. So it was, they were far ahead of their time as far as that goes. But you had three closures on that team who could blow smoke. It was so much fun. They come out and they come out of, of the bullpen. They had the attitude, that swagger, you know, like, not tonight, boys. It's done. It's over. And it was great. I loved it. And that that team, they they would come back from anything. They would fight you tooth and nail. They'd fight you in the parking lot. They'd fight you in the clubhouse. They'd fight you on the field. Literally. <laughs> Norm Charlton running over Mike Sosha, a pitcher, to score one run against the Dodgers on Sunday Night Baseball. Now, that was when uh, ESPN, that was first the first year of ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. They played that over and over and over and over again. Norman Charlton blasted him. That was a great memory of that year. But to get it all started was the hiring of Lou Pinella. Now, I have to admit, like I said, I was only 15. I didn't really know who Lou Pinella was. I had heard the name before, but I really didn't know much about him. He's a Yankee, and I, I didn't know much about him. But in my book, he is the second best manager in Reds history. Number one is Sparky Anderson, of course. I wish Lou would have stayed here longer. Could have maybe won some more World Series, but that didn't work out. But Lou Pinella, I think he was exactly what that team needed. Because we came off the 1989 season where Pete Rose and his scandal and everything happened. And it was not It was a terrible year. Because uh, four years before that, we finished second. Four years in a row. And then 89, we finished, I think, maybe last. I don't remember. Not a very good year. Lou Pinella comes in and... Changes the culture, you know, basically tells them you guys should win this. You guys should have already won this. You had enough talent to do it. And he put it to them and he brought more intensity, I think, to that team than I had before. More accountability, more whatever, because those guys took off and nobody caught them. It was great. Like I said, Chris Sabo is on that team. He had a great World Series my opinion, he could have won the World Series MVP, but he didn't. Anyway, that's my favorite team of all time. What's yours? You can tweet it out to me or you can message me down below. By the way, I've really enjoyed all the 
messages and comments I've gotten, mostly down below there on the uh, comment screen on the YouTube channel. It's been a lot of fun. I appreciate all of you guys. All right. This show and every show is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. Like I said before, you know, all their available properties are on the website. Go check them out if you're looking for a condo, house, or apartment. All right. Now, we had a lot of NFL news going on, especially since the Bengals have signed free agents, which has been shocking. This came out the other day that the NFL is talking about moving the NFL draft. Now, it's already not going to happen in Vegas, which is fine. But I don't understand the point to moving the draft. Before we had all this technology, they used a phone call. Hey, we're going to draft Joe Burrow. Click. And they told the commissioner. You can put it on TV. You can Facebook everybody from their each individual sites of where they're making the selection from. You can FaceTime Joe Burrow up in Athens, Ohio to see his reaction and interview him. We don't all have to be in the same area. So the logistics of doing the draft, I understand it's probably a little bit more difficult, but we need to be spread out. You can do that. It can still be on TV. It can still be something. Trust me, sports guys like me, We'll watch it because there's nothing else on. I don't care how you do it. I just want it done and I want it on TV. And people are saying, well, with Tua coming out, we really can't, you know, evaluate how he is and, and you know, we can't get our hands on him. Like, okay, that's life, dude. You know, <laughs> stuff happens. Sorry, you should have done your due diligence before this. You know, you can't just change stuff because you weren't prepared for it. You know, hey, I'm not prepared. Most people out there are not prepared to not going to work for, you know, a month or more, but it's happening. So for the NFL scouts and front office guys to say that they don't have enough time for this and it's not fair, don't cry me a river. <laughs> Life's not fair. Don't move the draft. Keep it where it is. Now, we're getting to the story I've been waiting to get to. I don't know who these guys are that are in the Bengals front office, but I am liking it. The Bengals have completely revamped their defense. Yesterday, they signed another defensive free agent in Von Bell. They signed him to a three-year, $18 million contract. Bell is a third defensive back to join the team since the free agent period has opened last week. Now, get this. Now, again, we're talking about, as Colin Cowherd says, the cheapest owner in the NFL... Well, the cheapest owner in the NFL has spent $115 million in free agents this year. And six different free agents. All right, I have a quote from Bell about how he's feeling about being a Cincinnati Bengal. And here it is. He said, I guess they said enough is enough. I drew a line in the sand. They want... Or they went and got some guys that could play the game and love the game. More from Bell. This creates a stand. This part I like. This part kind of gives me chills. It creates a standard. It creates a culture. Guys that have been there in the atmosphere. And they want to bring that to Cincinnati. And he says, that's what we plan to do. So to me, that is 
exactly what you want. You want a guy to come here and is going to change the culture, going to change the atmosphere, bring winning to Cincinnati, bring playoff winning football to Cincinnati. Most of these guys have won that we've uh, that we've got. Now, the bell move, the bell move appears that the Bengals will be more, playing more a three safety look at uh, three safety look scheme. They showed this on a few occasions last year under defensive coordinator Lou Amaretto. Now that means safety, safety Sean Williams will, will be playing. They quoted little linebacker, which that saw well, I don't say solves, but helps your linebacking problem. You know, so we have totally we got a new safety, two new linebackers. I mean, Sean Williams is not new, but he's gonna play linebacker now. Three new cornerbacks. I mean, that secondary is totally redone. And the front four with with uh, Riedel, you got him. I'm still, still, I'm crossing my fingers. I'm still hoping to sign Jadavion Clowney. I seriously doubt it. Like I said, it's probably a pipe dream. But whoo. So, this draft, when they have it, because they better have it, is there's a ton of offensive players. Out there. Wide receivers, a lot of them. Offensive linemen, there's a ton of them. So, I said earlier that I think the Bengals are going to move out of the 33rd pick. I've kind of changed my mind now with all the guys they've signed. They've filled a lot of holes on defense. Now, offense, you, we still I still like to get an offensive lineman. Hopefully, maybe we get that in the second round because Bur- Burrow's in the first. Maybe we get a very good offensive lineman in the second round. You still can get wide receivers in the third and fourth round. There's still going to be good ones. It's, like I said yesterday, they have a plan. I love it they have a plan. It's refreshing the Bengals have a plan. So they're putting all their money in defense throughout free agency, and they're going to draft offense. At least that's the way it looks. But, you know. Now, this is another interesting stat about Bell. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't help myself. I had, to, I had to write this one down. Bell himself last year had an NFL best five fumble recoveries. That's as many as the Bengals had... All of last year, the entire team. <laughs> so that's an upgrade right there. Everything the Bengals have done, they have upgraded their positions. I mean, every everyone they signed, it's an upgrade. It's better than what they had, and that's all you can ask for. Now, to me, this puts the pressure on Lou Amaretto and Zach and the coaching staff going, all right, guys, I'm giving you players now. You've had a year to figure it out. It's time to go. Now, do I think the Bengals are going to make the playoffs? Yeah, I want to say yes. Through my heart, yes. I want to say yes, they'll make the playoffs. And yes, to go to the Super Bowl. But my head, probably not. But you never know. Because the problem is we're in such a difficult division. Now, I know everybody's like, Big Ben's coming back. He's come back from injury. What is he, 38, 39? I mean, Big Ben doesn't move like he used to. It still doesn't mean he's not a good quarterback. And it still doesn't mean... That he can't destroy the Bengals. Those are all possibilities. But I hate the Pittsburgh Steelers, so I hope he has a terrible year. Just saying, that's not a given that he's going to come back healthy and play as good as he did before. But you got the Cleveland Browns, and they've made a lot of moves, but they made a lot of moves last year. It all depends if their new coach can coach and if Baker Mayfield can get his head out of his ass. But I really do think the Bengals... So they go through the draft, but the way it's looking, they have put themselves in position 
can still not be in this thing. You know, as long as Joe Burrow is what we all think he is, and he can adapt himself to the NFL uh, game quickly, I think we're going to be in pretty good shape. Especially moving forward, like 2021, 2022, you know, those years. We might be really rolling them. Okay. Now, I talk about this on here a lot. I have different Facebook groups that I like to run. Like I said, since we can't go anywhere um, and we want all want to celebrate Reds opening day, which we can't because there is one. By the way, they are going to show uh, Reds opening day from last year on Fox Sports Ohio. I think at 1 o'clock. But anyway, I got some Facebook groups that we can discuss what I was talking about. Discuss whatever you want. I'm always on there. I, I love having... Uh, factual discussions. Anyway, the Facebook groups are Reds Country, Bengals Nation, and Bearcat Country. Go to those Facebook groups, groups, check them out. If you want to be added, I'll, I'll usually let everybody in. As long as you don't look like a... Well, never mind. I usually let everybody in. Okay. Now, I have... You guys have been unbelievable. I cannot believe... I keep saying this every show, but you guys are just awesome. I had over 500 views on yesterday's show. I was hoping to get over, or at least get to 200 subscribers by the end of the week. I blew past it yesterday. (laughs) I have 211 subscribers. You guys are awesome. That's great. So like I say before and in the past, if you're getting this YouTube link on a Facebook page, you know, Bengals Nation, Bearcat Country, or Red Country, or on Sports of Strawberry Ice, my Facebook page, go to YouTube, get an account, and subscribe to my show. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm, let's get to 300 as fast as we can. <laughs> that would be awesome. And as always, the podcast, if you're on Apple Podcast, uh, give me a five-star review. All the other podcasts, just make sure you subscribe so my show always pops up and you don't have to go look for it. Well, that's just sports, baby. Like, subscribe, share. You guys have a wonderful day. Let's enjoy what would have been Red's opening day. Wear our red stuff. Tweet it out. Let's try to have some fun with it. Very, very soon, baseball will be back. Tell all your friends about me. See ya.